Okay, I, regardless of whether it's against license, it's dumb. It's dumb to think your code is contained and not able to get out and not understand the format you've put it into is the emperor has no clothes. Okay, JT, I know this is kind of unusual, but I have a rant for today. We've never done Wait, this whoa, before. Wait, whoa, 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 hold on. You have a rant? I have a rant, that's right. Did, Normally it's you that have a rant. Did you but, fill uh, out your permission form to be able to have a rant? No, I didn't. Good, know that good, I good. To. That's great. Screw the system, rant away. All right, all right fight the man. That's right, power. stick it anyway, to the man. So, we're, we're fighting the fighting the man and, and the power and all the other things that we're supposed to or not, whatever your definition is. Anyway, today I have a rant about VMware, the company, not so much the software, the system, but the company. Um, and what I really want to get into is the boundary between open and closed source is often pretty clear, but sometimes there's these gray areas, and today we have a gray area to kind of go over. And it's, I'm going to use it to beat up on VMware, the company, a little bit here. Uh, so I have been doing lots of automation over the last couple of years relating to VMware clusters. Seems I've worked on companies, worked for companies several times that had on-premise uh, clouds and they used VMware to do it. And so to automate things, you have to do, use one of their bindings. So I tend to write a lot of my automation in Python-based languages and in Salt Stack or Ansible or just straight up Python. Okay. So naturally I drift towards the Python bindings for VMware API stuff. So there is the old Python VMOMI or something. They're using the old SOAP interface, which is going away. So they have been writing over the last couple of years a new uh, Python bindings with an extremely long name, vSphere Automation SDK Python. And it's supposed to be using the newer REST API interface where everything is moving towards. Okay, fine. That's fantastic. Problem is, you can't get to this um, SDK through the normal way. If you're a Pythoner, you, uh, listeners, you'll have experienced this where you just need a tool, you just go pop over to pip and say pip search thing, and invariably find several responses or maybe many hundreds, depending on how generic the thing was that you look for, and pick one, download it, install it, and it's ready to go, and you can import it into your Python scripts. Bam. You can't do that with this new SDK. And the reason you can't do that is because VMware has not bothered to make the PyPy package. Why have they not made the PyPy package? Well, there's an issue that we'll post in the show notes on the GitHub repository for these bindings, discussing this very thing, dating back to October 2017, people have been asking for this. And they continue to say, oh, sure, we can do that. Wait, well, maybe we can't, maybe we can't. And the reasoning is the code that's in this repository is generated by another tool. The tool that they use to generate this code is internal, it is closed source, and they're not wanting to open the source on that. So because of that, they're unwilling to publish an open source package? That doesn't make any sense. So some background here on this, on this repository. Again, we'll have a link to the show notes in the show notes to this repository. It is explicitly licensed as MIT. The repository is. And if, within the repository, you know, there's some tests and other documentation and stuff. But the real meat of the matter is a bunch of like uh, eight or nine directories in the lib directory. And they're all composed wheels. Python code you know, wrapped up in wheel, basically it's a, a zip archive with some metadata in there. 
So the Python code is available. It's not hard to get to. It's right there. And the project is declared as MIT. So again, why is this company unwilling to just go ahead and say, okay, everything here is open source. We can go ahead and put this package up. No problem. They seem to be digging their heels in. I don't understand why. And I really want to talk over, is it, am I, am I in the wrong here to think that they're just, they're barking up the wrong tree here? That seems like they've already gone to all the trouble to open source their code, and yet they're still hesitant. So where is this boundary here between generated code as the product and the, and the generator itself? In your opinion, do you think they need to open source this generator for the whole thing to be open source? Okay, well, first off, because sometimes I'm a dum-dum, I want to get some clarification on what's going on here. Um, okay. And then I can give you an answer. Sure. First off, I'm really disappointed, man, because that, that is a really mild rant. And I mean, for a rant, I was really hoping for a little more gumption. But I'll, I'll, I'll set that aside for now. So first question is, who do you think is the bad guy here? VMware or this other project you haven't named? VMware, okay. for sure. The company. Okay, so who is not allowing VMware stuff to get merged into whatever? VMware developers. Okay. Or probably project managers or somebody mid to high level in VMware that says, no, you can't release that. Because the devs have been on this issue and said, oh, of course we can release that. So this is a, um, a VMware repo that you're talking about on GitHub? Yes. Okay, because I Correct. haven't seen it yet, so I'm, I'm approaching this blind. Okay, right. so the code that is gener that you can get, that you are going to use on your system, you can completely see what's going on in that code? I believe that's the case. So it's a bunch of wheels, and you can decompile the wheels into, or decompose them into the original code again. Okay, what, what does um, decompose mean there? That's, that's important. I can get back to the code that's in the wheel. Okay. I, can, I can open them up and see what was the code. It's, think of it like a, a zip archive, effectively. And so Python, they're not object files. So you know, Python, it can compile its code into these kind of intermediate object files to speed things up, and then we don't have to do it again. That's not what a wheel is. Okay. The old school packaging format would support these intermediate, these uh, PYC files. If you, if you do Python, you've seen these PYC files before. Okay. That's the compiled Python object code. Eggs, the old school method, you could ship uh, PYCs and it'd be fine. But wheels are supposed to be code. And so that means I can go into these and I literally use it's either unzip or, or gzip or one of those. And I change the file name. So it's got zip and then I unzip it and look, there's all the code. So it's just right there. It's out in the open. Okay. And so there's no potential that the proprietary code that's generating this could be doing something, some shenanigans that people couldn't detect. I don't see how. Now I may be misunderstanding some things about wheels listeners. If I am, then please let us know, inform us, because I would like to learn more. But my understanding is, this would be the equivalent, a wheel is the equivalent of someone sending you a zip file full of code. Okay. That you open up and run. Okay. So it's just done for you in a certain format with metadata attached. That's the difference. Okay, so the wheel, is the wheel open source? I guess it would be because it's been published in the MIT in this repo in repository. So you can see. So yes, you the can wheel itself is open source. So you can see all the code. Uh, that's my understanding. Okay. Now, th th there's the question. The wheel, the archive, is open source. Does that mean the contents of the archive are also open source? Or is it just like this binary asset, which happens to be a compressed archive of something? Is that considered the open source thing and its contents are not? There's, there's some 
debate to be had there, which is partly where I'm, I'm hoping well, this discussion I, goes. I would say that if it is a compressed binary of some kind, that it is not... Or, okay, let me... If you can get to the code easily, mm -hmm. if you open source the binary zip, whatever you want to call it, the compressed object, I mean, it's a compressed object. You can't read it. The only way you could read it is to crack it open and look at the code. So how can you open source a compressed stream of data that doesn't open source the uncompressed stream? That's my question too, and I don't think you can. I, I think there's no way to keep them separate because what happens when you install a wheel in your system, it uncompresses it mm -hmm. and then stick is, it sticks it in site packages or something inside of its Python directories that it expects. Usually Python or something. Okay. So it uncompresses the code. So it just happens to be delivered in this compressed format because that way we don't have to download as much and it makes it convenient. You create an archive that's also got the metadata attached. It's just code. Okay. So to me, I don't see the delineation between the two. And in fact, in this issue, number 38, in case we're tracking, uh, somewhere about halfway through, someone got a VMware dev to acknowledge that this code, we, we were planning to open source it. And then a couple of days or weeks later, when they hadn't heard anything, they were pinging back about it. They said, oh, well, there's a problem. Uh, it could be that we can't open source this because of some complications on our side. And everybody's like, wait, what? No, there's no complications. We're literally looking right at the wheel code. Oh, it's okay, right here. Okay, okay. That complications can mean a lot there. And complications yes. can mean political things inside of VMware. And it's possible that while VMware doesn't care if people can see the code, they don't want anyone to be able to take that code and embed that code in their product. So in other words, I mean, it can be source available and not be open source either under MIT or, or Libre or whatever. I understand. So it could be that VMware is just, there's somebody who knows who inside VMware who's just being a dork and saying no, because I don't want anyone to be able to reuse this. They can only use what we have supplied and they can't take our supplied freely available, freely visible code and then stick that in their stuff, mm -hmm. which technically is within their rights. Mm -hmm. Technically. The, the potential that it's because they can't open or they, they aren't willing to open source the, the generator or however that compressed thing is getting made mm -hmm. doesn't seem like it's even an issue. Other than potentially so. a, this is a really crappy excuse that we're going to throw at people and then maybe they'll go away. That's the rant part of this, because I, I I wanted to objectively, legitimately arrive at that conclusion, because that's where I arrived, too. Okay. They don't want to open source this, for whatever reason. They don't, they're not playing nice. They want all the benefits of open source, they want people to be able to look at the code and, and do all the heavy lifting, and oh, there's a bug here, we can help you fix that, without actually having to meet all the obligations of open source. Mm -hmm. Shame on them for that. I mean, I'm looking right at the comment, dated March 2019, I'm sorry, March 20th on 2019, the reason we can't push this package to PyPy is because they contain generated code and the generator is not open source yet. So is that PyPy saying that we won't take it? No, no, it's it's a restriction on PyPy. Uh, only open source packages can be listed on PyPy. That's the requirement of, of a PyPy package. So okay. now you can, again, so as far as you and I are agreeing, the compressed archive wheel with the code in it, the compressed archive itself is MIT, which means the code is MIT inside. So it's already open source, as far as I can tell. I mean, am I am I 
I don't, I'm not looking at this the wrong way. Am I, is there something I'm missing here? I, so, I think okay. it's just that simple. Okay, so here's my question. If the code is already MIT, then why mm -hmm. is a VMware person saying they can't open source it? I don't know. That, that's why I have to come up with some other, like someone, and I've run into this before, where co companies are hostile to the idea of open source in general and don't want anything that they've developed, even if it's to be used widely. I mean, this, this is bindings, so you can attach, or you can send commands to the API cleanly and in a known way. And you mm -hmm. don't break your VMware instance because you're using the VMware published bindings to do it the right way. Okay. And there's no reason you can't just reach out to the REST interface and make calls directly. This is just the clean way to ensure that your REST calls will have a much greater chance of success mm -hmm. and you won't actually mess something up, you know? So it's, it's a convenience. I don't technically need it. Uh, the older one, I technically didn't need it either, but SOAP is so inscrutable and has 9,000 variations, you kind of did need the right. the API bindings there. But this one, technically, it's just a REST. So you could use whatever tool you want. The benefit of using this tool is that it does the balance checking, it does the, you know, all the checking ahead of time to make sure the thing you're asking to do is actually valid. Mm -hmm. So that when you do go make your call, it's going to work. Okay, where, so where did you get that this is uh, open sourced by uh, under MIT? So if you go into the repository, the and we'll, we'll have this in the show notes, the vSphere-automation-sdk-python uh, readme. Let's see in here. If I go in here, I see at the top of um, any one of these, it says MIT. Oh, I'm, I'm one deep, there it is. License. Here it is. Uh, the MIT license. Copyright 2017. VMware Inc. Okay. Permission is hereby granted. Well, it's three-line MIT. Right there. At the top of the repository. Okay. So the files say they're MIT licensed, and then a VMware employee is saying they're not open source. Yes. Uh, then I would say that guy's an idiot. Yeah. I am inclined to agree. I mean, their repo, their files, if they have an MIT license in the header, then that file has been open sourced like that's how that works okay so i'm looking here i don't know i haven't opened up a wheel to see if it's actually in the top of their code up there so then that's a question if the code in the wheel has a different license at the top of the file then that code would be under that license and not the overall repositories mit well because it's right? mit remember you can take mit and not release it in other words, yes. like you can write something MIT. I can take it, do whatever I want with it, give somebody else a compiled binary, and then not give them the source code. Like that's perfectly right. fine. So mm -hmm. it's possible the source code is MIT, but then when it gets compiled by whatever thing they have internally, then they're arguing that then bundle that gets pushed is still MIT licensed, but we don't have to give you that source code. Okay. Now, if it is just like a compressed format, you could still get to it. Mm -hmm. But if you then took something out of it that isn't in in one of the source files that does say MIT, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe there would be an issue there. And it's possible that PyPy is just like, yeah, this is this is too screwed up. We just don't even want to touch it because this is a ball of nonsense. And it's kind of, it's self-maintained on PyPy. The understanding is you you the owner of the code because you know you have open sourced it, you go and make the package available on PyPy. Okay. In fact, for a little while, so VMware has not gone to make this package. This is this is a healthy 
one expects a healthy repository it has you know commits and mm -hmm. and life it's been around for three years the owners and operators of this repository have an understanding of what it is they have made so it is up to the owners and, and operators of the repository to go make the PyPy package they have never done so this issue is asking why can we please get this package and it turns out someone earlier said well sure uh i'll just create it for you real quick not someone owned or operated by owned excuse me uh, someone employed by VMware. We're not going to get into the whole ownership thing on, on companies. That's that's another rant for another day. Oh, but, uh, someone... you mean we don't want to get into Motorola's dignity entitlements? Oh, that sounds like another episode to me. Wow. Anyway, so not touching that with a 20-foot pole. Um, someone not VMware said, oh, sure, we can make a package. Look, it's it's MIT license. It's open source. They went and they made a PyPy package. It wasn't the official VMware package. That person then disappeared. This was two-some-odd two years ago. Did they disappear into a body bag? I don't want to speculate on that, because I don't want, you know, VMware goons knocking on my door going, excuse me, we need you to come with us right now, because I don't want to be in a body bag. Not that they would ever do such a thing, but in case, the, in the unlikely possibility that it is... That is, is true. It's They're not Oracle. Oh, gosh, I don't want to tangle with Oracle. No, no. Anyway, that package not being posted or operated by VMware, and the person who originally put that up there, as a kindness, uh, didn't, wasn't around to defend it, basically. So when VMware said, we want to put uh, the real thing up there with, with code that's actually up to date, so this is the thing. They went through the process as if they were going to do this. They went and asked the maintainers of the PyPy collection, can you please take down this package? It's in the way. It was not published by us. We don't know who did it, but it's not legit. We're going to post the legit package. Please remove that and give us access to this slot, mm -hmm. right? PyPy did so. So clearly, everybody involved in that process believed they were going to put a package up, or else they wouldn't have done that, unless they were feeling like being assholes and taking down something useful. I don't want to go that far. That seems like that, that, that's so, describing malice where it's more likely to be incompetence. Right. They clearly intended to do this thing, well, and then they just stopped. So this kind of strikes me as similar to other recent events with a company that has made a major change in software oper uh, offerings, um, hmm. much to the disappointment of everyone. And right. uh, I think that this could be a similar situation where perhaps uh, the developers, the engineers, lower managers, middle managers were all on board. This is the pathway we're going. We're going to do this. And then through sheer force of will and position and power, immediately takes the steering wheel and steers hard left and okay we're not doing that anymore and everyone I else who, underneath that who was like hold on this was the game plan well you're not in the driver's seat anymore somebody else is behind the wheel so you're going where they mm. take you right so it could just be that where the individual vmware people that were involved it was a decision that wasn't theirs and it was made for them and as the employee collecting the paycheck you either do what you're told or you find a new job. Exactly. You don't get your paycheck. You have to do as the company expects. Right. All right. And it's, it seems very, so there's another comment later on. The same gentleman comes back a couple of months later. I think he's, he's feeling bad because they had made this commitment or said they were going to do it and they haven't delivered yet. So people keep asking about every three weeks to a month and they're getting more and more insistent. Like this is trivial. Take the code you already have and put it up there. This is like 10 minutes. Go do it. Why haven't you yet? And he comes back and says, 
Uh, I'm not sure the current install process can be simplified by a setup.py. That's more of an older school. Like, okay, fine. If you can't meet the requirements of PyPy, could we use another way to do it? You know, setup tools is an older, older, school, older school way of installing packages. We can use that. Just give us something, anything. Because I am not sure the current install process can be simplified by a setup.py. As far as I know, setup.py does not support dependency wheels that are not on PyPy. The dependency links option only support egg files, which we've already talked about we're not using here. The SDK binding files depend on runtime. They don't define what runtime is. And unfortunately, we are not ready to open source runtime at this point. I did some research. What he means by runtime is this code generator tool. You know, the, the outputs from the code generator tool more specifically. So he says in this, um, we are not ready to open source runtime at this point. So if runtime is the output from the code generator, then he's got code that's not open source wrapped up in an open source repository. Well, no. That because, sounds more like a mistake. No, because again, remember, it's MIT. You can take MIT and lock the code down. You're, that's within the rights of someone to do with the code, mm -hmm. including the code owner. I mean, they can do that. They can take that code, bundle it in a way, even though, you know, in the left hand, they have the, the source available and you can look at it. They take that and put that into a product that is then in their right hand and don't let you decompile that or get access to the code running on that widget, let's say. Like, you're allowed to do that because it's an MIT mm -hmm. code. Um, that's one of the big differences and why some people prefer the GPL is if I have a piece of hardware that's got code running on it and that code is GPL, I can get access to that code even if it's baked onto a piece of silicon. You don't have that with MIT. I'm not an attorney, so... Take that, take that for what you will. But that's my understanding that this is not a problem with MIT. Okay. It might well, be counterintuitive, guess... but it's not technically a violation of the license. Right. Okay. So in your example of having code in one hand and you put it into a package in the other hand, uh, let's, let's pretend these are physical items. I have five rubber balls and I'm putting them into a package to ship to Alaska or something. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter where. If the package is made of clear vinyl such that you can see the five balls inside, would mm -hmm. you safely say, oh, we have no idea what's in the package. There's just some things. Who knows? Well, no, no. It's clear no. vinyl. You can see exactly. You can even look at the labels on the balls and know exactly who made them, anything you want, because it's clear vinyl. You can see right through the side of the package. Right. The fact that they're in a package does not protect them from prying eyes. No, but if that doesn't mean I have to release a video of a mailroom worker taking those balls, putting them in the vinyl, you know, translucent package, taping it up and then putting it in the mail which is which the, is what the generator would be doing okay we, i mean you don't have to because if you say well no you have to do that too how far back up the chain do we need to go because okay, every step fair. you're going to be able to make the next argument well well we need to know about that guy because maybe he's suspicious maybe maybe he's actually a russian agent who's who's doing some conspiracy stuff so we need to know all of his information and then well, how far back does it go from there? I mean, you can continue to push it back. Right. There's a flaw here in the trust no one model and the fact that the, the, literally trusting no one is exhausting because the, the, we've, we're building scaffolding thing on top of thing on top of thing on top of thing. Right. And the only way to know everything is exactly as, as it's supposed to be on the level when you trust nothing is to literally check everything. Mm -hmm. But that takes a lot of time. And so trust no one is, is for people that need the secrecy and the security above all of the things, and they have all the resources in the world to throw it, to make sure that the scaffolding from top to bottom is clear. Mm -hmm. In this case, it seems to me 
VMware published this code in these wheels thinking, oh, that means it's closed. We have published this into a package that no one can go and look at. We can safely publish the wheel, which has our generated code in it. And they didn't realize or didn't care or something, didn't realize that the code is just right there. It's clear vinyl. I can see, I can look inside the package, I can open it up, I can pull everything out, because it's just an archive. It's a known format. And there's all my code. There's all your code. So I don't, where did you get off saying that that's closed? I know. I, I, okay. I First off, you've got to stop with the term closed and open. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Because you're right. I'm getting those conflated. Yeah. MIT code is open source. But yes. I can take MIT code and I can stick it on a device. Like I'm holding up a phone right now. Um, but let's say this is not a phone. This is some other widget that I made. I can put MIT code on here and bake it into a ROM chip. And then I sell this, this widget to somebody. And that person then comes to me and goes, hey, man, I want the source code. And I go, no. Because I can do that. Because it's MIT. Right. Now, I might have the code on my GitHub repo, and the person can go there and look at it. But that doesn't mean I have to give them what's on baked onto the ROM. Now, mm -hmm. yes, technically, they could dump the ROM and look at it for themselves. But I'm not obligated to do that for them. Okay. Now, is this, is this a screwball thing? Yeah. Is it kind yeah. of a douche move? Yeah. Is it illegal or against license? No. Okay. I, regardless of whether it's against license, it's dumb. It's dumb to think your code is contained and not able to get out and not understand the format you've put it into is the emperor has no clothes. Well, this again, this is probably not a decision by the engineer. This is a decision yeah. by someone up the food chain who is just making decisions and they don't know the ins and outs of everything. And yeah. all they know is, hold on, you, I, I'm hearing some talk about we have to we have to open source our build system and that just sounds like a whole bunch of complexity and, and we don't have the time for that and then the lawyers are going to have to get involved. So no, this is just way too much work. So just, no, stop. Stop what you're doing and just let it drop. So that's that's that whole viral nature of open source. There, and then that, the, that, the poor engineer yeah. is like, no, this, this is not as complex or as crazy or as, you know, Difficult is what you're saying. It's literally like I push a button, but the person who gets to make the decision doesn't understand that, so they're mm -hmm. just you know dropping the hammer. And that's almost certainly what's happening. I've I've envisioned this. You know, I've reviewed this a couple of times, thinking, trying to think. There's got to be another way to think of this. But I, all I can conclude is there is some real ignorance going on over there in some of the decision making. And I think you're you're absolutely right that someone higher up said, "No, we can't." Well, remember, there, there, people, I've run into this belief before that the second you open source one thing or touch one thing or or anything open, all your stuff has to be open. It's a mis complete misunderstanding of the licenses. And we talked about this in a previous episode. Right. But also no. remember that that people fail upwards to the level of incompetence. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, and that's unfortunate. But I, I think that's what's happened here. And I wanted to call attention to it because VMware, this is this is disappointing. You can do better than this. This is there is a way around. You can link directly, or you can you can instruct uh, PIP to download the code directly from this repository. Yeah, I don't know if that was originally a feature, but it now supports doing that, maybe because of cases like this. Originally, it was supposed to just pull from PyPy, is my understanding, but now you can pull direct, straight from code. So there is a way to use PIP to pull code, but now you're no longer using uh, the dependency tracking. So anything that a tool that wants to be checked into PyPy that requires this code you can't do that because there's no 
dependency package in PyPy. So all the downstream products of this, which there are quite a lot, Ansible has to kind of come up with a hacky way to get around it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's, they're not the only ones that are doing this. They're all kind of, we really want to be writing some automation against VMware, but you've made this extraordinarily difficult because of this one boneheaded decision and a lack of 10 minutes of clicking. Come on, guys. Just why? Yeah. Why, why, why? I, I can't, I can't understand. How do we get a message to these people that have decided higher up? That this is not a thing that we're going to do. It's too hard, or or whatever the decision is. How can we get some notice of them? And say, hey, you don't have to open source your generator. Just do this one thing. You've already gone ninety five percent of the way. Just step over the the finish line, and all of us will celebrate you for it. You have to do ten minutes. One developer, ten minutes. That's that's literally how long it would take to post the package to PyPy. Honestly, and once it's on there. You could actually ask community members to maintain it. And, and we've published something new. Could someone in the community be willing to step up and post the new stuff to PyPy for us? Great. Done. Boom. It's just you got to break the seal. They have to be the ones to break the seal. So people at VMware, developers at VMware, for all zero of you listen to this podcast, can you please talk to or find out whoever it would be that would be willing to make this package? Because I'm, I'm wanting to write some products for which this repository is a dependency. And it's really annoying that it's not a PyPy package. I'm, I'm on board with everybody else that's in this issue complaining bitterly about it. It's super frustrating. So if you are a developer at VMware or friends with one, reach out to me and I want to see if we can get this fixed. This, this is really sticking to my craw about this because it, it seems like it's just ignorance. Can we please fix this? It, this is still a very mild rant. I, okay. I, I was hoping for, for more. I was more upset when I first learned about this a month ago. Okay, so you've, you had, you've had time to calm down. I have had. I was actually very frustrated because it's like 11 o'clock and I had spent the last hour and a half trying to figure out something quirky about Ansible and VMware, you know, how is it doing its thing? And I couldn't figure it out and I tried to go back, you know, okay, it's open source, let's go find the code. Only to be stymied by this stupidity. And when you're, when you're up late and you're trying to get something delivered and you're under the gun, it's really simple things like this become much more upsetting. I think I sent you a text message at like, yeah, 1130 or something like, this is so stupid. And I like linked to this issue and I started ranting then. I went back and read my rant. It really was kind of tame. I think I don't like to unload my ridiculous, um, very you know, situation-specific rants on people without, without warning. Right? Yeah, we need Which to is, we need to break you of that habit and just you know one of these days just, you've got to unload a double barrel. Just unleash. Just unload you know, when that happens, oh everybody look out! It's going to be bad. That, that, that's that's yeah. what the people want, man. It's what the people want. Okay. I also think they want discussion and resolution too. And well, and, I, and they're I not mutually exclusive. Mutually exclusive. I I tend to believe they are. I know they're not specifically, but you have so much effort to spend. If you spend it ranting, then you're not really offering a solution you're just ranting nah, like, i really don't like ranting is like the pre-workout so then you can actually get into the workout okay it's like the warm-up so session a lot of people spend a lot of the effort of the workout on the rant and not on the solution well, and i'm this of the is true opinion. and and they're lazy because they they get ready and then they just bail out and we're not going to do that right so listeners of vmware or at vmware or with any attachment to this project at all please reach out to us i, I want to get this fixed let me Let's use the power of our very widely available and listened to podcast to try and force them to change their mind, right? You know, that's, I'm, I'm taking up a cause here. Okay. Let's get this fixed. Let's make it happen. Yeah. All right. So reach out to us. Let us know, please. Because uh, I do, it's personally frustrating that this isn't done. 
So, JT, is there anything that I am needing to to cover here that I missed? Maybe I, I, something more delicious in this rant that uh, we had talked about. I don't remember here. I mean, no, I think I think you pretty much covered it, just in a a calm, relaxed, non aggressive manner, which is fine. Um, you know, I guess it'll it'll just take me a little time to nudge you into the into the a little bit more um, vocal. I don't want to say hostile, but perhaps aggressive rants, but that's fine. It's, it's, you know, I know you're new at this for podcasting, so it'll, it'll take time to fully perhaps. push you into the, into the thing. Well, However, I know these things live forever also. And so it's like, if I'm angry about something and I go back and listen to it later, I don't want to be cringing about it. Like, well, oh, no, because see, this is the benefit because then you can just mock your older self. Oh, oh, okay. I do that see, all the this... time. I do that okay. all the time. Podcasting trick, mock your old stuff. Yeah, and and people okay. seem to love self-deprecating humor when it's when it's done in good in good nature. Okay. And actually, that is a perfect segue into me talking about how I was wrong in a previous episode. Ooh. Yeah. So when we were talking about Susa and uh, its potential use case uh, in numbers, I had mentioned that I thought Europe was about what we were and or lower. Well, as it turns out, that's wrong. One of the users in our Matrix channel, which you still have not signed up for, so you need to get on that, Ulfnik made a comment that he was curious, so he checked the 2020 population numbers, according to worldometers.info, and the U.S. population was 331 million. EU, excluding the U.K., was 445 million, and all of Europe, including those that aren't EU states, is 748 million. So is that like the part of Russia that's in Europe versus the part of Russia that's in Asia? Uh, that yeah, I would guess that also include, that would include the Eastern Bloc. I don't think Turkey would count, but uh, that would also include non-EU countries, um, which there are okay. a, a bunch. Right. About to be more. Potentially. We'll see how that goes. Whenever Brexit finishes, it's going to be at least you one more. You think more is going to bail? No, Brexit will be the one more. Well, no, but I mean, Britain. that those numbers are already included. Brexit's over. It oh, happened. It happened? Wow, yeah, I was paying I, attention. I believe so. Oh. I mean, I'm sure somebody was... will let me know if I'm wrong, but last thing I heard, the uh, the date had passed of when... Well, I, uh, I heard that they got an extension or something, that they were going to try and... Again, I don't know how they can ever complete this negotiation. It's completely, totally off topic, but they, they can't complete this negotiation satisfactorily, so they can keep extending all they want. They're never going to get a deal. Yeah. Just go ahead and rip the bandage off, guys. Just do it. Anyway. So anyway, so, yeah, and uh, I will put the links in the show notes so that everyone can go look at it and see just how wrong I was. And that's okay, because, see, I don't mind being wrong in these situations, because now I learned something, so the next time this comes up, I will know, and I won't be an idiot. And this is why being wrong is not a bad thing. You learn from it, and then you're not an idiot going forward. And even being wrong publicly is not a bad thing. As long as you're willing no. to admit it later and learn from it, like you're saying, but also... There, I do have a concern over the whole cancel culture thing. You'd be wrong one time publicly, and that's all it takes for someone to come back 20 years later and say, hey, you were wrong there, that means you're wrong now. No, that's not yeah. what that means. Can we all be reasonable yeah. and understand that one thing probably doesn't relate to the other? Especially when there's lots of years between the two things. But now, now that's, I, if you want a hot ramp, but it's not related to Linux, then we can go into that in another episode, because we're already starting to run a little bit long on this one. Okay, we'll save that. But actually, there was one more comment that oh. uh, Ulfnik had, and it was in... Uh, response to our dev user episode. And okay. he goes, I would agree that developers are meaningless without users, but saying that assumes that the developer isn't a user. Mm. So there's a head scratcher for you. No, it's not. It's like uh, squares and rectangles. Is it? I think so. Not if, all if, if, developers... If developers, if developers are meaningless without users, 
but the developer is a user. Therefore, there is no developer without a user. But not all developers are users of the product that they're developing. But that's not on. what he's saying. Okay. Okay. So, um, wow. So now you'll go... By nature of the developer being a user, he is not meaningless because there is a user. Okay. I would not disagree with that. That's, that's how that verbal math works out, I believe. Verbal math. I'm going to steal that. I, I normally say verbal calculus, but, uh, you know, whatever. Verbal calculus, verbal math, it's... Verbal it's differential same, equations. And I'm sure there's somebody from the UK who will email in and be like, excuse me, it's maths, not math. <laughs> I think I can just go ahead and go on record and say, that's wrong, it's math, singular. Ooh. Go ahead, send me the hate Ooh. mail. Send, okay. me the, send me the hate mail from the Euros. There it is, people. Send it in. There, let, there's my angry, you were wrong rant part, okay? I had, I had to give you a tidbit or something. I just had to and give And in our next episode, he's going to talk about how the metric system is crap. Uh, actually, no, I'm an advocate for the U.S. taking on the metric system. So Yeah, I, I am actually as well. My school taught metric. Uh, I learned the regular imperial system normally, but for a while there in high school, it was really confusing because I only learned metric. Mm -hmm. And I had learned some stuff at home, but then people were talking about quartz, and I'm like, what's a quartz? I don't, I don't know what this, this unit is. And I still to this day have to look it up. Like how many quarts are in a gallon? I can't remember wow. how many cups are in a quart. No, yeah. Well, okay. That's non-trivial, but that's, yeah. uh, Hey, another, apparently this is rant central here. We're, we're just going to keep bringing up things that bother us and all in the same episode here. Um, but that... uh, I, I, I don't know about that, but we do have a request, um, from a typical Colonel. He has asked for my opinion of, uh, of the Zuck and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to still have to say no on that one. Mm. Uh, but he said that it would be great to have an episode of This Is Who I Am. Uh, basically, what is your day job, your hobbies, any particular passions, contributions to open source, blah, blah, blah. As anyone, and I include myself, have biases, it would help to understand where you're coming from. Oh. For That's... instance, security work has been mentioned in passing. Is that Linux security, network security, Windows security, setting up internal security programs? Also, thank you for the show. I finally figured out why I like it so much. It helps fill in that hallway talk hole that 2020 has left oh i like that that's very well put thank you yeah yeah thank, thank you. you and that's as i mentioned in i think it was episode zero that's kind of where this podcast kind of evolved from mm -hmm. was conversations that jeff and i had at conferences in the hallway or sitting at dinner or whatever so i'm glad that 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 is continuing and you're catching that vibe because that's mm -hmm. kind of where our whole idea came from mm -hmm. we are your hallway track when there's no conferences to attend that's right. Join our conversation. So we are going to wrap it up there. Um, we have more episodes to come, obviously. We're not, we're not leaving you high and dry. Uh, but we would love to know what your thoughts on this one were. And the how to contact us will be in the show notes. So send me an email. Hit us up on Telegram or Matrix. And hopefully Jeff will actually get into the Matrix server so that he can follow along there as well. But thank you for listening. And remember, be excellent to each other. <laughs>